guys welcome back to trekway with myself train to trev trev called what's way worse and my man here gray gamer 25 i'm gray though um yeah we are maybe going to come out a few hours slightly later but that's because we had technical issues oh i had technical issues Gray's never has problems um yes, the lithium crystals ran down and you know what can we do unless he forgets to take the the camera the the cap off his camera the <laughs> that's right uh but yes yeah, so welcome back to the trackway guys it's uh it's another episode review of strange new world season two episode four uh titled among the lotus eaters which is a mad name but i love it um i also think can't get much worse than last week's episode gray yeah no everything has to go up from there and the only way you can get worse is this is if they re-showed an episode from season one or two of Picard and put it in its place. It's the only way you could have watched oh, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, you know. Yeah. Even Discovery would have been better than last week's episode. Well, okay. Yeah. Been... Yeah, well, <laughs> but I, I saw the title. It was funny. I know it means something, but among the Lotus Eaters, when I first saw that, I'm going like, so someone's just scarfing down a bunch of plants or what? <laughs> no, see, I knew it would mean something. It always means something, isn't it? It's not as if they do something stupid. Right, right. Like, there's always right. a meaning to the title, but I don't know what it means unless you do, No. Yeah, I didn't bother looking it up, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I don't. I mean, it's probably insignificant, you know. Um, really quickly, get the the, the housework uh, and rules out of the way, first of all. Really quickly, um, we are on the podcast side of things as well, so you can listen to us on an audio platform, wherever you get your podcasts from, um, and uh, the trick on, on the Twitters as well. My man here, Gray, a uh, bit of a high eight is due to like, personal issues and the lack of stuff going on in Hollywood. But we'll probably be back sooner or later for an episode of Gray's uh, thing, which is Gray's Green Room Entertainment Podcast. And he's on all, all the, the YouTubes, the podcasts and platforms, Twitters, all under the same handle. And then just earlier tonight, we were doing a gaming pod, which was actually a great laugh of our uh, friends, friends Nick and uh, Ross. And that's uh, at Extreme PC UK. Or all those same platforms again. Uh, you can catch us yep. there. So whatever you fancy, we are there. Um, right, we will kick off here. Now, I had high hopes for this one just because, like I said, last week's episode was so poor. Right? Gray gave it a 6 out of 10. 6? Last, uh, last week? Now 5. 5. I gave yeah. it a 6. That's what it was. That's how bad it was, yeah. right? Um, but this one was a little bit better as well. Uh, it was a slightly funny introduction because we had uh, another catch-up with Captain Patel of, I cannot remember the name of that bloody other Constitution cl- uh, starship she's captain of, but oh, yeah. it's another I Connie. Mean, I can't remember enough, yeah. Another Connie. Yeah, another so we, we, we must wonder, they have another get-together, right, in more ways than one. We just must wonder how there's excuses from... Both captains to keep meeting up all the time. Oh yeah, we've got to. Could you not send a video call? Or could you not do this? And no, we literally have to dock and make of that statement what you will, people. Um, they always come together, Patel and Pike, and they're a nice little couple. But they keep getting interrupted. Pike's doing his dinner thing, isn't he? You know, he's naked flame oh, on yeah. a starship, which I still find hilarious. Um, cooking properly, you know, his aprons on. Um, 
and he's making something nice for him, and they keep getting interrupted by someone from Patel ship or someone from Pike ship, and they constantly keep getting interrupted. Insignificant things like course corrections, like shut up, don't talk to me for the next half an hour. I'm trying to make some dinner for my lady, and then I want to make an honest woman of her. But they keep getting and then and then at one point, Patel actually gets interrupted properly by an admiral, and it seems like she'd been away for ages because then it switches yeah, to Pike sitting with the glass of wine, finishing his dinner up, and she must have been away for like half an hour or an hour speaking to this admiral. Like what? Yeah, I know. I couldn't understand how, how the passage of time seemed a little <laughs> odd, unless they didn't mean it that way. But and then she comes back, and she's you can tell she's pissed off. Yeah, you what know, happened? They're... What happened, Gray? What what was what was the conversation when they come back? That yeah, was so good. Apparently, I guess she was waiting to see if she was going to be getting a promotion, and if she did get a promotion from captain, it would be captain to commodore, which is right underneath admiral. So apparently, she didn't get it. Somebody else got it, and of course, she was she was explain or Pike said that he thinks that because of the trial of Una that she was uh, Patel was in, involved with that he thinks they're holding that against her. And that's yeah. why she didn't get picks. Picks, so they were both kind of pissed off at that. And it's yeah. it's an interesting thing, the Commodore rank, because we don't see much in Star Trek, right? Uh, mm. I mean, I know there'll be loads of examples, but I can only really think of going back to Picard, Commodore O, the Vulcan that was really a Romulan, um, that was her. I mean, I know there's Commodores before, but ones that jumped to my memory, great. And then there's obviously the more famous recent one, which is Jordy, Jordy LaForge. Commodore. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're, you're you're good, but you're a bit shit to be admiral. So we'll make you admiral light, <laughs> Commodore, admiral uh, because light. The, because then you get admiral and then you get vice admiral, don't you? No, vice right, you get vice that... admiral, then admiral, and then fleet admiral or something. Fleet like admiral, that, yeah. 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 So there's three levels of admiral. Don't get higher than that, basically. Or can you can be no. fleet captain? No. though, can't you? Can you not be captain, fleet captain, and then? You probably could, but when they when you talk about a fleet admiral or a fleet captain, it's a different thing. It's you're still a captain or you're still an admiral. You're like a team leader you, for that mission or something. Right, exactly. So you could end up being a fleet leader, as you say, but maybe not necessarily next time. There you go. You know. they, they, they they followed the navy system. Probably the US Navy, obviously, for more than yeah. say the the Royal Navy or something like that. And they mm-hmm. follow it very loosely. Uh but that's kind of the idea. Anyway, the guy. Uh, but on the other hand, it, what is interesting in Star Trek history, though, is they do have starships with HMS. Yeah, you, they're, seen, they're they're they, something different, though, aren't they, Gray? Yeah. So you do. It's it's not. I mean, yes, it's a, mostly based on the American. We we understand that. But every so often, you see the HMS whatever, and so like, okay, there you go. Yeah, and then different. you had you had Reed from uh, Enterprise, the English guy, mm-hmm. that was uh, the tactical officer, and he. They do talk a little bit about the Royal Navy there and what they do and what they don't do and that thing. So, I mean, everyone's represented. It's just, obviously, it was written in the States yeah. by an American writer, so it kind of makes sense. Um, sure. This week, the gang are off to Rigel 7. Now, I was I know this. I know this. And even I've seen this episode. Gray never even told me to watch this. I've already watched it off my back. Um it was the it was the planet that Pike visited um, in the very first episode of Star Trek, the pilot, with who played the original Pike again, mate. Remind me, uh, Jeffrey Hunter. Thank you, mate, Jeffrey Hunter. There we go. Mm-hmm. The Cage, and it's a good episode. I like it. I mean, I generally do. Um, they are they've got to mop up their mess 
from the the cage episode basically it's a nice little tie on i like how they do this like add yeah, it together you it know was. you you can add on to canon just don't ruin canon or rewrite it you can use what's there before and improve on it and add to it um they're all getting ready to go down to an away mission to clean this up and they're not going to because last time they went down with starfleet outfits and everything and they just made a complete balls up of it which there's a note in a moment we'll get to uh, at the end of this little bit that Greg can tell us about to sum it up for mm-hmm. those that don't recall. Uh, but they're, they're going to go incognito down to the planet. Uh, Ortega, who I still dislike her, but she's grown on me by like 5%. Yeah, a little, maybe, little at a time, you know? right? Just, just yeah. simmer down. You can be funny, but I mean, the haircut as well, it's just, she feels like she should be flying uh, the... Kelvin the Enterprise, rod. the Kelvin Enterprise, <laughs> the hot rod. Yeah, exactly. The big hot rod Enterprise, which is disgusting. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's, she's a little bit funny now. She's getting ready to go down, and then Pike's like, ah, here, take this. And she starts reading it. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of debris, and yeah, and I'll have to change course every 20 minutes. All right, okay. He's like, listen, sorry, next time. We saw this in the teaser trailer for the season, didn't we? Which I found amusing. Mm-hmm. And she's a bit gutted. Who, who, who's going to fly the ship then, sir? And he's like, I'm a test pilot. I'm, I'm not Ortega, but, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll be fine. I've flown and, a little. And then Spock is kind of, she's like, this is you, Spock. And he's like, she's like, Spock, you just need to learn when to leave someone alone and shop because he's trying to apologize for it. And this is him trying yeah. to become better as uh, your human Vulcan relations. Relations, that, right. Which is amusing. But, so... Ortega's not going, thankfully. But the the episode that this comes from, The Cage, or the follow-on from The Cage, uh, Gray, you had a little note at the very bottom just to fill people in for those that don't recall. Yeah, the years ago when they when they in the sixties when they did The Cage, which was the first pilot for Star Trek, uh, and Jeffrey Hunter played Pike. Uh, basically, in twenty two fifty four, it was a landing party from the Enterprise led by Pike. Uh, they visited Rigel 7, and while they were there, they uh, went into an abandoned uh, Kalar fortress. And as, as Pike had said, they were dressed in their Starfleet stuff. Yeah. Uh, Pike and his crew were attacked by the native uh, uh, Kalar warriors. Uh, three of his crew members were killed. Uh, Yeoman Zack uh, was killed, and ev- several others, and other people were injured, including Spock. Um, some of them were, were hurt severely, and then later on, Pike regretted his decision of you know, you know, doing what it the way that he did do it, uh, he should have been known. He should have known better that there would have been a possibility of a trap. So that's kind of the what happened in the cage, and and later on the menagerie part one and two, which was in the original series, where they integrated the cage into a different episode. Yep, yeah, so I, that's a little history. He's right to say that though, Gray, because it's a total noob mistake to make from a captain like him, you know? But then again, mm-hmm. he's less experienced at this time in his career for a captain. So you learn from your mistakes. Like you, you should know it's kind of pretty obvious that a pre-warp civilization, you don't go down with a full, you know, if you have to do it, you usually need a very good reason from Starfleet to go down to a planet that's not at the warp status yet. And incognito is the way to do it. And it used to needs to be for a good reason, not to just spy on people. That's a Star Trek movie, isn't it? It's not very good. Insurrection. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he learned from his mistakes this time. He's going incognito completely, which is good. Uh, it's a shame because Ortega had the little hat. She looked like 
I don't know. She looked like someone from a Mongolian tribe out in the plains or something. Someone yeah. with this little hat on. It was adorable. She was the only one that had the hat on as well. She was really excited for it. Nope, next time. Um, so yeah, as Grace says, she's not happy and indirectly blames Spock. She apologizes. Poor Spock, he's sitting there going, after she said, you got to know when to leave people alone. He's going like, he goes, I am sorry. I am working on that. Poor Spock. We like Ethan Peck's taking Spock, to be fair, mate. I'm, I'm, he's never going to be Leonard Nimoy, but we appreciate that. He's, he, he's doing a good job. Play. He's doing a very good job. Um, yeah, really? Yeah, so they take the shuttle down to the planet. Um, they can't beam down. Typical Star Trek trope. Too much crap in the atmosphere. Yeah, and right. Telling you, Scotty or Belana Torres could get you down there. I'm just saying, those two seem <laughs> to be really good at that kind of thing. Um, well, if you think about it, though, it makes sense because you you I don't know, want your pattern you don't want your pattern to get screwed up on the way down. You end up by the time you you materialize <laughs> down below, you're a frog or something. Like, <laughs> I know, but it's, it, you're right, but it just it's, it, it it happens too often. Is it's too much of an excuse. I laugh at it. I laugh. I'm not making a go at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So they take the the old shuttle down. It's a little bit of a bumpy ride. Surprise, surprise, um, and. Literally, it seems like no time at all. No time at all has passed when they land that they're discovered straight away. They're trying to be. Like, oh, we came from the north when they come into some of the local inhabitants, the Kalar, um, and we came from the north. And there's a guy at the front who we you know, get to learn pretty quickly is called Zach, the kind of leader of them. And he's like, "Nah, I saw your ship. I saw the. I saw. I saw the the, the streak in the sky." And, and I can just imagine Pike going, "Gee, god damn it, man!" Like. Uh, that took me forever to come up with this bloody plan and blah, 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 and you've seen through it like that. We find out in a moment why. Zach well, the funny thing it. is, they come right out and they just say, "Like we know you're Starfleet." Like, ah, yes, huh? true, yeah, yeah. And then what was what was no even point kind of ironically funny is that when they came down, they came down in the in the in the proper garb, but they also didn't come down with any kind of any kind of weapons. They they had weapons of the day or of, of the yeah. So the, uh, these guys can walk it up with phaser rifles. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. You've done the research. Where'd you get man. the? Where'd you get those things from? Like, huh? Oh, you do see them. Yeah, they all get like yeah, yeah. all oh, get yeah. phasers and like, oh no. And I'm, I'm yeah, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm calling like, wait a minute, where'd they come from? Where they were to phaser rifles? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. And then, Pike, and then Pike immediately said, he goes like, well, when we were here last time, we didn't keep track of like what we were dragging down yeah. because we were trying to save our lives. It's kind of true. It's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I found amusing was uh, the local inhabitants are called the Kalar. Now, if anyone's a sci fi fan, there is another little decent sci fi show out there called The Orville, which your man, um, McFarlane, what's his first name? Seth. Seth, that's it. Seth McFarlane. He does that. Now, Star Trek didn't copy Orville. It was obviously Seth copying. He, he takes a lot of content and borrows a lot, which is not a bad thing. Every great artist does that. You borrow yeah. good stuff from here, there, and everywhere. And he's a big Star Trek nut. I was actually watching something about that the other day, uh, uh, Gray, about the Orville and how um, season one and two were actually uh, really funny, but then season three got a lot more serious. And I complained to you many times that season three was... Um, I didn't dislike it. I loved it. I just, it wasn't season one and two in terms of the humor. That's what I loved about it. Right. And it turned out 
that the studios made him, they, they made him put in his Scott Mc, uh, Seth MacFarlane humour and purpose. This, what you see, bless you, what you see in season three is actually more what Seth wanted to do. Serious sci-fi type show. But in season one and two, they actually, the, 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 the guys, the studios went, MacFarlane it, you know. So, so there you go. Just a little bit off topic, but I found that interesting. Yeah. So obviously, your man McFarland's copying a lot of stuff and borrowing stuff. The Kalar are the bad robot species in the Orville. Here, they're just uh, like a pre-warp civilization. Orville was the Kalon. Kalon. Yeah. Who am I thinking? The Kalar. No, that's the name of their planet, isn't it? No, Kalo- no, that was well, yeah, but that's what they called the, yeah. the Kalons. Yeah, but this is Kalar Kalons. It's very similar. The name of the planet, I'm pretty sure, sure. is Kalar. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's probably his inspiration from. Uh... Oh, just a side note too. When when he made Orville, he flat out said, "I'm making this in as a respect to Star Trek." I mean, he just he said it flat oh, out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no one's that. He's never tried to hide it. He's right. never tried to hide it. And and many shows have tried to do that. Red Dwarf blatantly copied Star Trek and just made a, a comedy version of it to the point where Patrick Stewart was going to get them sued until he watched the whole first episode and he was laughing by the end of it. So all the great sci-fi shows are born from Star Trek, Star yeah. Wars. Um, the teams start getting effect, affected pretty quickly by, it turns out to be some radiation uh, and atmosphere that's kind of ringing in their ears, forgetfulness, that kind of thing. And I'm thinking... Great, it's happening really quickly actually here, like really quickly. I mean, I'm not to say that, that that can't happen in real life if that were to happen, but it seems to be happening really, really quickly. And I asked you here in the notes, I was like, did this ever happen in the cage episode? And you said yeah. it didn't, and uh, that's why. It, we get to it later on in the episode that you have to be about that area for long enough for it to happen in the cage. They weren't apparently, so... Well, yeah, but uh, well, well, I don't want to give away the rest of the the, the review. But there's another yeah. reason too. But in in either case, though, they they start getting ringing in their ears and headaches and stuff. And Leon is the one who gets it first, and because La- they're trying with, as Leon, La- Leon, La- yeah, whatever. Starts too to get lazy it first the they're, <laughs> As they're trying to make their way into the Kalar city, she's getting these ringing ears. But not just the ringing ears. Every time the ringing ears happens, time passes and you don't notice it. Yeah. So all of a sudden she's going like, you know, like, why am I here right now? And they're going like, well, you've been walking with us the whole time. And like, uh, okay. (laughs) So, and then as we get to see it starting to spread and Pike is having issues with the ringing and the doctor's having issues with the ringing and, you know, and the forgetfulness. And I thought it was very well done. I mean, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. How are they going to get around this whole thing now? Yeah. It's the, the dropping that flies slowly, but surely to be fair. Um, just depends on the physiology, I guess. Who's who? Who gets hit first, really? Um, the Pike's basically this, this. That guy was one of the guys that he left behind in the cage. He thought he was dead. He thought he couldn't find him, you know. But he wasn't dead. He's alive in this, and he's got a bit of a grudge against Pike. Pike's like, we need to go. Like, I can't leave you behind. You're, you've contaminated everything. Not too late. You're not going to fix that. The damage has been done. Jack's not wanting to leave. He he leads the, the, the local inhabitants. He's he's not wanting to yeah. go anywhere. He's like a little mini king now, isn't he? So he's yeah. like, you actually, he's a mini boss. Yeah, he said, I'm king now. And he says, why, <laughs> why should I give this up? <laughs> yeah. He's right. We've seen this before yeah. in Star Trek many times. The Ferengi and Voyager. 
oh, we're kings now. Why exactly. would you go anywhere? Um, so at the time, I'm saying to myself, we'd love to know why the radiation doesn't appear to affect Zach. Uh, we right. get to that, obviously. We didn't know that at the time. We go through this as we come to it. Um, like they're all dropping like pla- flies. They've lost the plot, and they're all forgetting everything and anything. Uh, but then, back on the Enterprise, Ahura's listening to the comms, and I thought it was the comms that causes this. It wasn't. She starts hearing the ringing, and I'm like, uh-oh, I didn't think it would affect anyone up in Enterprise, I'll be honest right. with you, man. thought it was just a planet thing, you know? You're pretty high up when you're in a, a starship, you know? Did you, did, you, did you think, like, it's a bit a strange one here that... Yeah, at first I was trying to figure out, so how are they getting affected from the planet all the way up to the, to the, to the, crap, to the Enterprise? I'm like, what? As we see, as the story develops, we, we find out why, but it was very strange, and I was like, okay. But that's okay because I, the way they wrote it, it had you guessing the whole time. So I, I like that. Yeah, so did yeah, I as well. Don't make it because super as long obvious. as you have a good explanation for it, then it all makes sense in the writing. If you do something really dumb, and then you know, then you, and you have no real explanation, then yeah. it's bad writing. The, the writing is potentially dumb until the end of the episode because it, it it can come good when you get the bigger, broader picture. To be fair, right. Um, right. So. The away team have all been literally much, pretty much locked up in cages outside. And I'm thinking they're all freezing their balls off here, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But they're all forgetting everything by this stage. Um, and they kind of, the three of them, uh, Pike, Mbenga and La'an, are all stuck in a cage. And this local guy kind of basically gets them out of the cage. Uh, there's see, 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 cage, get it? The episode, pilot episode, the cage, yeah, the cages. Yeah, yeah. There was a link here. There was a link. They kind of done that by coincidence. Uh, and this yeah, local, sure. this local guy's, uh, <laughs> he, he gets him out. He's like one of the guys that looks after all the workers. And he's like, listen, I don't know much here. We forget everything every day, but I know who I am because I write on my arm who I am. Um, and the three of them in the cage, they, they, they don't know who they are, but they can kind of kind of trust each other after a short while and work together and the, the local guy takes them away. They, they, they basically are doing manual labor now. They're all, all, a lot of them are stuck doing manual labor. Um, and Pike makes a kind of comment because he's, nobody remembers anything, looking at his hands going, his hands are, these were never used for manual labor. And I'm just chuckling. Yeah, Captain's World, man. You've never rolled up your sleeves a day in your life. Of course he has, oh, yeah. but... He's got pretty hands. They've been manicured and exfoliated. No calluses from swinging hammers and stuff. He does say that as well. He's like, no calluses there, you know. So, I mean, it makes sense. The whole point of this forgetful yeah. thing, forgetfulness thing, Gray, is they don't know who they are, but the feelings of what they know they are and just the feelings in general about everything are still there. The feelings don't right. go. It's just facts of I don't know my name. I don't know his name. Like, and Benga knows that he's some kind of sort of healer later on. Um, just things healing, um, which I found interesting. Uh, they make a break for it, of course they do. Classic. I'm getting vibes here of Star Trek Six a little bit, actually, Grey. Undiscovered Country. Yeah. Where uh, Bones and Kirk are on that uh, ice planet. The, the jail, remember? Yeah. Um, so they'll make a break for it. They're taking out the guards. They're on gets caught though she gets slashed in the, the old midriff and it looks nasty actually um yeah, it does. you're thinking maybe it's not going to be so good for because no one remembers who they are uh gray's mentioned here at this stage he's really enjoying how the story's slowly unfolding slowly but surely not giving everything away 
it's giving you little yeah. breadcrumbs as you go along. Um, and but then back in the enterprise, many people are starting to forget. It's it's about a third of the crew now at this stage. Um, just a matter of time. Um, and I'm thinking to myself again at the time we don't know. Obviously, but we know at the end of the episode. I'm thinking really strong radiation coming from that planet to affect them up there. This we just yeah. It, it, it would be impossible and you start thinking like wait a minute is this, this, this you start sense. worrying and it, that the writing is going to go down the drain all of a sudden yeah but it didn't they had a good explanation so give the benefit of the doubt we'll to, to the end of the episode you know um apparently um on their first visit to rigel 7 they weren't in the planet uh, they weren't in orbit or in the planet for as long as they currently are now this is why i mean i think that's I mean, it's a good enough excuse. Uh, maybe nitpick slightly that, yeah. come on, how long's too long? But anyway, they gave a reason for it. We'll go with it. Um, Spock, rightly so, orders Ortega to take the ship into the nearby debris field, asteroid field, get them away from the planet to shield them from the radiation. That's a theory. And there's only two of them on the bridge at this stage. You notice that, Gray? Just Spock yeah. and Ortega. You know? Yep. They know who they are at this stage. Just. But Spock's handing out uh, uh, pads to everyone of who they are in case they do forget. <laughs> so you've got a pad on. Take a look at your pad. Like, oh, I can't remember who I am. Um, which I found amusing. Um, and Ortega's, we don't like her too much, but is a good pilot, I guess. And that's, that's why she's buying the ship after all. Um, what I didn't know, Greg, I don't think this was in the cage. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. There's two types of Kalar. Certainly, maybe one species, but two types of standing. There are the people that are out in the field, field Kayla, as they call them, and mm -hmm. palace Kayla. And we find out, obviously, why later on. They are the same people, but they've got two standings in society on the planet, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's always going to be the kings, the king and the peasants. You know. <laughs> the peasants. Same kind of setup, just Game another of, world. Game but... of Thrones and Star Trek. Um, yeah. The guys in the palace don't really seem to forget. We find this out. It's interesting, and we do find out why. But they don't seem to forget, and that's the place where Zack and his minions are. Okay, right. Um, so the party decides, right, let's head to the palace for some answers. Makes sense. Um, and at this stage, Benga's kind of starting to remember who he... Well, not remember who he is, but he, knew, he knows he's a healer of some sort, but he can't do much, you know, with what he's got. Um, I, think, I think the the party starts knowing from what the guy was telling him, the uh, the Kaler, uh, that they understand that they're, they've lost their memories to a point. Yeah. And they understand, and they're able to piece things together knowing that, well, the answer's got to be in the palace. But Leonig, who had gotten hurt, all of a sudden, Mbenga just instinctively reacted. It's a feeling. So he comes, yeah. right? Exactly. So he comes running over there with a with a with a cloth, and he says, "I think I'm a healer." Move. Right, and I think I know what to do. Oh, I would know what to do if I could get my memories back. And so, yeah. Also, all, right, all right, all right, we're heading to the palace because something's you know. Holy but the but the they're going on a on a story, yeah. That the guy told them, uh, I guess, passed down for I don't know hundreds of years or something. That there's some kind of a box or something, or, some, or, a, or a casket, or whatever it was in the palace that supposedly has their memories in it, and so that's all they're going on. They're going on. All right, well, that's it. Let's let's go. Let's let's go and let's find out what this is all about. Yeah. 
Alan at this stage is pretty bad injured. She's she's struggling. All all Mbenga yeah. can do is put pressure on it and put some kind of basic kind of bandage thing round it. That's all he knows at this stage, you know. And it, also, he doesn't have the the tools that he needs to do his job anyway. So even if he had these memories, I don't think it'd make a hell of a lot of difference for it because it's a deep cut. Um, so at this stage now, back in Enterprise, Ortega and Spock are now forgetting who they are. Like no one's, everyone's went do lally like senile. Everyone's went senile in Enterprise, right? No, they're all they're all walking around like zombies. Yeah, the one. Uh, uh, I don't remember who I am. Help! I should laugh about that because that happens in real life, of course. But this is not real life Star Trek. Um, everyone's gone senile here. I'm mentioning, and now the Enterprise is getting hit by the debris and the asteroid field because they're taking. Can't remember how to fly the bloody ship. And she goes running away down to her quarters. This is the bit I don't like. She goes running away down to her quarters and she's freaking out all the bumps of the asteroids hitting the ship and it's slowly but surely taking a pounding. And I'm just thinking, Ortega, man, what? You've forgotten your memories, but like you're freaking out because things are hitting the ship. I'd be freaking out because I have no clue where I am rather than things hitting the ship. But anyway, um, 5% improvement she had for me. Can I get whittled down again after that? Um, so I wasn't a massive fan of that, but she's friends now with the computer. Gray, she was starts in the turbo lift. No, I mean, I thought I thought that was fine because it made sense. All she knew was the computer was able to answer something to her. Yeah. So she had no choice but to sit there and try to see if she could get more answers out of the computer. <laughs> the computer doesn't quite understand what she's wanting. So it was. I thought it was actually very good. It was. I thought it was written well because she was. So she was trying to think of what can I say to the computer that would get me an answer to know what the hell I'm doing. So just by by just being messing around and trying to figure out what to say, she says certain things, and and finally the computer just says, "You're Ortega," and I'm like, "I'm who?" And then the computer says, "You're Ortega. You da da da. You're the pilot. You fly the ship." I'm a and pilot. Then she starts. <laughs> Exactly, but then it's because you're running on emotions. She's starting to like, okay, now I'm remembering, kinda who I am, and she just keep and and I thought that was a great scene because she kept on just thinking and repeating to herself, you know, I am Ortega, I fly the ship, I am Ortega, I fly the ship, you know, and stuff. And I did think there was one funny moment though when uh, prior to that, when they were when remember when Spock had handed out the tablets that. Yeah, yeah. Explain who they were. Data pods, yeah. He goes and looks at his tab and he goes, I can't read this. <laughs> like, and I'm going like, Oops. You can't read it? I can't read it. He says, I can't no read this. No one wrote in that. To... How can he not read English? I don't know. So I'm either thinking he was forgetting uh, he was forgetting the English language or or maybe it was in Vulcan. I don't know. But he said he couldn't read it. I'm like, great. So he wrote this thing down, but he can't read oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> so I was like, what? So I thought that was kind of funny, but but I do like the whole thing with the computer because she had to. No, 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 no. That made something. sense. Great. It was her freaking out before. Ah, no, make it stop. I was like, you're just annoying me now. Uh, no, yeah. when she's talking well, to the computer, that did make sense. But the thing is, great, great. At this stage here, she then goes up to. She's more determined. She goes up to the bridge. She's walking along. All the people that have forgotten who they are. She remembers who she is. Well, she doesn't remember who she is. She goes up. And she says to Spock, I think I can get us out of this. Do you remember that bit? Yep. Yep. Um, and at this stage here, she... So she doesn't remember per se, Gray, because she don't remember at this stage. She's flying on gut and feeling. 
Right, if exactly. that makes sense, we're carrying on from this idea of mm-hmm. you don't remember, but you've got feelings. Like Mbenga knew he was some kind of healer and he could only do so much. Ortega seemed to almost completely remember her skill set, which it's a nitpick. It's all it is, it's a nitpick. Um, because she then goes in and she starts flying as if nothing ever happened. And, you know, she has a great yeah, but you pilot. Get, but I, I, I kind of throw the. I'm not going to say excuse, but I kind of throw the reason that it's muscle memory. So if she's going mm, on mm, true. pure emotion, pure emotion, yep. uh, it's starting to come back to her, and it's and it is muscle memory. I can remember doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Whatever. So now, obviously, if she had flown much longer, she probably would have slammed into something. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, she was able to hold it together long enough to you know to get out of the debris field. So. She, she, yeah, she she remembers enough to get her out. Like Grace says, at, at one point, like it, we saw in the the season trailer, he does the kind of the shooting thing, like the phaser, phasers, yeah, asteroid spinning forward, around phasers right through the asteroid, which yeah. is really cool. Don't get me wrong; like it's enough to soften up the asteroid so that the Enterprise still mm-hmm. has to punch through it, but at least Enterprise is not going to bloody blow up when it hits an asteroid. The thing is, if you hit an asteroid at that speed, even with shields. Shields are not designed to withhold that, really. You're probably going to blow up the bloody ship. But she threads the needle enough to punch through. Um, it is really good flying from her, to be fair. She remembers just right. enough. Um, and as Gray mentions here, strong emotions brought back some memories. Or I think Gray's mean in this case more so muscle memory. And he's right there. You don't forget some things. Um, mm. Back in the planet, Pike is given a hell of a beating to Zach. Like, literally beating the shit out of him. Is actually kind of like kind of cool and horrifying at the same time. Um, and then he finds the box of memories. It literally is a box. It's a Starfleet box. It's got the deltas, the the, the, right. the delta sign on the top of it. Um, and it's just tools. It's just tools such as tricorder, medical supplies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? We can work with them if we remember how to use them. Um, their memories are starting to come back because at one point. Um, Ike picks up a phaser rifle and he's about to shoot Zach. Zach's pleading for his life. No, please, please, please. No, no, right. no. And he stands for a minute. He's like, of course I'm not going to shoot you. The memories are starting to come back. This is I found this bit cool, Gray. The reason the box, it per se, is not the box of tricks and tools. Right. It's the box is the palace. Literally. Big right. axe, weird shaped box thing. Um, and it's the ore that this palace is made from protects everyone from the effects of the radiation and obviously pike's asking about people out in the field like the, the guards and the soldiers and whatnot get helmets on that's oh, why true. they weren't seen out you know uh, there we go yeah now it's all being explained properly and I go, okay, and right. this is where the yeah. good writing comes in because if they hadn't explained that we would have just went this, this is a shit episode and where's the writing coming from so it was kind of cool i liked that bit great um yeah so yeah, same with Gar's helmet, like I say as well. Um, thing is, I was going to say, it seems to get his memories back really quickly. I thought, great, on the palace. But he also started getting affected by the radiation pretty quickly. So maybe it balanced itself out in terms of time scales. It comes on really mm. quickly, but as soon as you're blocked from it, you're okay pretty quickly. So I guess that's not well, the other thing I, I would think, or this is just me, Summer, thinking about it, uh, is also the fact that he was going through, again, strong emotions, beating the crap out of Zach, and then 
those strong emotions could have also accelerated the process. Um, yeah, of true. Trying, trying to remember, like like Ortega, and, the muscle memory—it's it's forced right. by shock and horror. And, and I like the, I like the fact that he remembered just in time because I thought he was going to shoot him for a oh, minute yeah. there, and I'm like, oh, well, that, that, <laughs> I said you don't want that on your conscience. Imagine you, you get your memories back after. Oh no, there's nothing there. There's just ash. I've vaporized them. That's right. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. Uh, well, you never saw him in the first place. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. He didn't. He thought he was gone. Um, <laughs> and Benga and Lan are back in the palace now, and they've got their memory back, thank God. They remember everything. And Benga saves the day because he's got all his medical know-how back. He's got proper bandages on. Thank God there was medical supplies in that box because right. they, were, they didn't bring anything with them. Um, so right. that was that was interesting. Now... The Enterprise, what's going on there, CNL crew, it's kind of explained a little bit. It was actually the asteroid fragments that were causing the problem in the first place. And they got accelerated to being CNL and Enterprise by flying into the bloody thing that was causing the problems. Whereas before they were just stuck in between it, now they've actually went right in amongst the debris and caused an issue. Right. So made sense there's something in the asteroid the ores whatever that's causing this problem um, radiation yeah and and spot comes up with an idea to improve the shields to block the radiation's effects of course he does mr science man science your way out of that um um now this is interesting i want gray's opinion on this one pike has a, mm -hmm. a great plan to well, he's a decent plan to remove the asteroid fragment that the big chunk that was left on the planet now, what I see here is um, two um, shuttlecraft lifting this massive fragment up. I, I thought that was slightly far-fetched, two little tiny shuttlecrafts lifting a massive chunk of an asteroid up to space with tractor beams. I didn't even think you could get tractor beams in a shuttlecraft, especially back then. Yeah, I know. I, th I think they're... It doesn't bother me too much, only no. in respects that, that because we're doing a series that if they did the original series today, yeah, they would be they would have all these advantages and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of I can understand that. However, at uh, on the other side of the coin, though, I think it would have been better to have a tractor beam from the Enterprise yes. tractored off the planet. Well, that for a couple of reasons. Number one. Obviously, it's a much bigger ship. It has more power. Two, it would have made a great-looking scene <laughs> well, of pulling this this asteroid off. We, we do, we do, um, we do fall on from that. Great, makes a good point. I wanted so so basically, the two shuttlecraft left the uh, the fragment into space, and then right. I'm I'm actually writing it on my notes at this point. I'm like, why is Ortega claiming to save the day when she's in the Enterprise, and it's the shuttlecrafts that have done the hard work? And then I had to watch it back that part again. The shuttlecrafts lift the fragment up, let go, and at the exact same time, Ortega and the uh, and Enterprise is literally tractor tractors the, the the fragment straight away, and then does what we saw in Picard, which is the old throw old around sling trick, method. sling maneuver, yeah. which is I which again, which again, far fetched, me to, right? But it also brought, well, it, that doesn't bother me because because I can see that 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 can be done. But what bothered me is so why did you need the shuttlecraft to bring the the, to, yeah. the fragment up? Yeah. You could have just used the ship to bring it all the way up yeah. anyway. Yeah, we've seen the like, Enterprise be... how many times in the in an atmosphere of a planet already? Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. No, he, he, he's right there. He's right. There. I, I, think... I mean, it is a bit of a nitpick. It's not a big deal, but it would have it made a, it kind of was a little goofy. You're going to spend time taking this up with two shuttlecraft when you could have just zapped it with the Enterprise and then flung it. The Enterprise is not super maneuverable compared to more futuristic ships we've seen in Star Trek, right? Because of the. I'm not saying it's not maneuverable, eh, but no. for, for her to yes and no. I mean, grab the asteroid with a tractor beam and then sling it away. I always thought that was a bit far fetched when I saw it in Picard, and Picard's further ahead in the timeline. So it just isn't a pick. It's what, I, what we yeah. do here, you know. Um, yeah. Now, the reason Pike's doing this is so the Kalar remember who they are. There was the question, Gray, of Prime Directive and whether it's been broken mm-hmm. or not, because I think, was it a number one or Spock that says that? And he says, well, no, it's not because that wasn't part of their natural uh, evolution. And I'm like, no, right. maybe it was. An asteroid came there, crashed. That is natural. No one put it there. So I kind of disagree with that a bit, Gray. I think he is actually breaking the Prime Directive a little bit. Well, I think maybe, but he's also coming up with a, with a, with a fairly solid argument. So I don't think anybody's going to really challenge him on it. Well, he breaks it all you the know, time because, anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> so may as well. Yeah, but I mean, but at least it was a fairly logical explanation. I mean, you know, because you could sit there and say the same thing about our planet. Okay, well, we got hit by a lot of asteroids and stuff at one time. It was was that natural? Well, yes. well yes and no. It was natural because we happened to be in the way <laughs> of these asteroids, but it could have also been where they, we never got hit. So. It's just the prime stre- directive is breaking too it's easily. Stretch- yeah, it's stretching it a little bit. It's the prime it, stretchy directive. It's, yeah, well, <laughs> well, I think the king of breaking it was April, Robert April. He they say that they say that in the last it was the first episode he broke it four times that he's had hot dinners. You know that that's that was the raw wild west. He days. had to make a call. Right, like, like the prime directive was brand new. Then the, the fact they didn't call it the prime directive, they called it General Order One back General then. General Order One. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, interesting I found there, but, you know, we just nitpick. We don't make a big deal out of it. Um, and they saved the day. Everything's okay. The KLR will remember who they are, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, uh, Gray was just mentioned here at the bit uh, about Picard Season 3 where they'd done the same bit with the tractor beam. Now, I guess my counter to that, Gray, was literally just that's... 200 Too years in the, the future, future it's more yeah. realistic i think it should, I agree. Have, it should I agree. have happened with the enterprise i don't think the enterprise had the capability to do that well thing. what what they could have done with the enterprise and you're right what they could have done was with the pick it up from the planet take... tractor it and just take it into space and then let it go and yeah, just move and not away. sling it yes you're right man yeah. right. it would have just traveled in a straight line right to so the, you know, see, yeah. star trek writers see for the next season after all these strikes are finished just hire gray now right we won't write because we'll suck at writing, right. but we'll be your canon reminder. Like you can do this, you can't do that, and it only costs about fifty thousand a year. Yeah, well, that's would <laughs> be generous. Yeah, like well, we don't ask for much, yeah. you know. To be fair, um, and then literally the last scene is just Pike and Battelle making up because, like, it, it, it kind of ended with them earlier on the episode where they're always getting interrupted. It's not working out. It's not meant to be, and Pike's basically saying, "Listen, this probably shouldn't be." And the thing he doesn't mention to Mattel is, I don't know if she knows about this or not, that he knows he's going to die in so many years, so what's the point of having a serious relationship, you know? But he doesn't mention that, which is kind of good, because I don't want him to use that as an excuse not to live his life. Yeah, but right. he does make a point, like, they hardly ever see each other, they're captains of starships, maybe they shouldn't be doing this. And then he gives him a little kind of 
like she told him thing, the, little... yeah she gave that to necklace. him early which basically is a and there's precedent to that today because people give religious medals around it that supposedly protect you. So this this thing that he was wearing is is a whatever patron patron page yeah okay <laughs> patron saint or whatever you want to call it that basically you, it get it, they get you home. So it's a yeah. medal of of something that's lost sailors always always lost sailors it'll always get you home. Yeah, and that's what impressed him, and he was back and which is sweet. They got kissy they got kissy face, and they were all you know happy, which is cool. The yeah. other thing I think too is they don't they 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 don't their their relationship is not a relationship of one that uh, oh we're gonna get married and have kids one day just have the relationship is that they want to have fun because they know that any day they could they could die yeah so so why sit there and not have fun or whatever just just enjoy it you know yeah so like so and I thought I thought I thought it was really nice that Pike really ate crow boy and he's sitting there going like apologizing to her and saying I'm really sorry I hope you'll forgive me. And because of what like happened, all in. <laughs> yeah, because because um, that 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 little necklace thing that she gave him done its job. It got a lost sailor home, and he is a sailor yep. in the space term, so it done its job. And he realized, listen, you're actually the one I was wanting to come back to. So maybe it will step up a little bit more, and maybe the actress that plays Patel, uh, she's maybe a, a recurring guest more so in this season. We'll see. But the makeup there, it's kind of nice, um, and we'll see what happens with that. Now, that's pretty much the end of the episode there. It's a little bit shorter this week here. Um, the ratings we give this, they're, oh, spoiler alert, they are better than last week because it's a pretty bad <laughs> episode. Um, yeah. I went 7 out of 10, purely because a 7 out of 10 is what I give an episode that's good, decent to good. No frills attached. It does what it has to do and enjoyed it enough. Was it amazing? Yeah, it no, it wasn't. But to then jump from a Five or a six, a way up to an eight, nine, or a ten would have been a tall challenge. So I liked it enough to give it seven. Gray, what, what was your thoughts and, and why did you give it? Yeah, I mean, I I, I gave it a seven point five, but the only reason I gave it a little bit extra was because I liked the way they threw it back to the cage and the menagerie, and and I was happy that we had, as we had discussed last week, we had two out of three episodes with no Pike, and finally Pike is back. You know and... the reason for that, though. I told you, I don't remember. For what the come Ike not say again at Anson Mount because he had a daughter in real life and they were oh right 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 but yeah they could have spread it out but they could the have spread it out better yeah. so I don't yeah I don't use yeah. that as an excuse you know but the thing is let's let's face it Anson Mount drives the show just just of course you know, he he's the captain not show. just because he's the captain but he's he's, he's got the, a presence about he's the him. top actor on that show as well I've heard of it right. I'd not heard of anyone else in that show apart from Anson Mount I'd heard of Anson Mount before from other things he'd done never heard of anyone sure. else so there you go. Right, um, and if you want to see something else that he's done, uh, watch Hell on Wheels because Hell on Wheels is probably his most popular show ever since until he got the truck job. Uh, it was on for five years, I believe. You can still get it on some streaming service, or maybe you can pick it up. I don't know. Really, really good show. Huh. Uh, it was a western uh, based in, in mostly truth, and also uh, one of the stars, uh, the protagonist. Off and on with the character that An- uh, Anson Mount played uh, was also Cole Meany from mm-hmm. uh, and fr- from uh, uh, TNG and Deep Space Nine. Ah, so, there you and, go, small world. Kind of interesting. Yep. Listen, ah, he's a good actor, definitely. Yeah, I, I love the guy. Um, and he's always he usually is banterous and interacts with fans on Twitter and whatnot as well. So I always like that. 
And he's very mm-hmm. grateful to be in the role he is. He knows how big Star Trek is, and he knows this is the role of his lifetime. So he is very... I think they all are, to be fair. But yeah, so that'll sure. pretty much wrap us up uh, for this episode here. Gray loves giving point, half points, and a lot. I've noticed that. <laughs> but he does, it, he does it a lot more than I do, um, which is fair enough. It's a good reason. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back again next week. Um, of course, as always... We like comments below what you like and what you don't like. We're not even asking for a like or a dislike on the episode. That's what Ray does. He thumbs up. <laughs> um, subscribe if you want to. You don't have to. Uh, but yeah, until the yeah, until yeah. next week. Thank you, Gray, for that again, mate. Uh, and do your thing, my man. Um, everybody, live long and prosper. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.